Amy 50 KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. I'm Gary Duncan. It's so good to be with you. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our moment in Scripture with Pastor Matt Clark of Ascension Lutheran Church in South St. Louis. Hi, Matt. Hi, Gary. Great to be with you. It's good to have you here today. We read 1 Corinthians 11 through 2 Corinthians 4 for the program this week. And when we started out our reading, there was talk about head coverings. And uh, it sounds to me when I was reading that, it was Old Testament type laws. Is there? Can you touch on that just briefly? What was What were we trying to learn there? Yeah, so again, in the Corinthian church especially, there's different divisions and things that are taking place. And Paul's trying to, to combat that. Um, so part of this is, you know, to, to set the Christians apart from certainly the, the pagans there, the unbelievers there in the city of Corinth. Um, and then also, I, I think there, too, we want to just be clear that I just kind of make this uh, affirmation, too, that, you know, here men and women are different. I think we see this in in. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Um, men and women aren't interchangeable, certainly. Uh, one's not greater than the other or less than the other. But Paul does give, you know, different guidelines, whether it's it's men or women in that worshiping congregation. Uh, some of it is cultural, certainly. And, you know, um, certainly we're in a different culture today here in the U.S. But yeah, still, uh, I think one of those, one of the big things we can take away for today is men and women are different. Uh, they're not interchangeable, and, and Paul certainly addresses them in, in different ways. So it was more of a cultural thing than like a law. Yeah, so this isn't, you know, on par with the Ten Commandments, right? You know, right. I would say that. You know, so this isn't necessarily, you know, the moral law. You know, those things are still very much in force for us today, too. So when we think of those commands, as Jesus summarizes, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Those things, yeah, those things are things we need to still follow today. God's law still stands. Right. Yeah, but when it comes to this sort of this uh, cultural law, um, and even in the Old Testament, we see the ceremonial laws and civil laws, you know, those things, uh, especially from the Old Testament, those have been fulfilled in Christ. Um, but yeah, what, I, the, what we need to concern ourselves with is certainly what, what Jesus affirms, especially uh, the love of God, love of neighbor. And I think the Ten Commandments in particular really what helps to, to see uh, clearly what that law of God is for us uh, in our lives today. Yeah. Then we also read about the Lord's Supper. Uh, we read about spiritual gifts. We uh, read about one body with many members uh, during our reading this past week. We read uh, about love. Boy, as you list that, there's so much good stuff here. And, you know, just to go back to the Lord's Supper, this is one of the main places where we have some of our teachings about the Lord's Supper as Lutheran Christians. Uh, and just that, again, Paul affirms that this is the Christ's body and blood, the, the real presence there uh, given and shed for us to, to eat and drink in faith. Um, so he, he really makes that clear there in uh, chapter 11. So if you have questions about communion, check out chapter 11. Uh, but I wanted to skip ahead to chapter 13. Chapter 13 is uh, that chapter about love. So I, I bet a lot of our listeners probably had this chapter read even at their weddings. And I think, you know, when we hear this at a wedding, it gives us the opportunity to make this distinction between sort of a secular love, a love that we we, we might see in, in movies or in, in songs or different things, and a biblical love, right? Because people use the word love in all sorts of different ways today, no doubt about it. People say, I love pizza, or I love, you know, this TV show or something. Exactly. So, yeah. we, we use it so flippantly and just mm -hmm. without much thought, and it, it, it kind of loses its meaning when we use it in, in those regards. Right. Um, we can use the word love to manipulate people, though, too. I mean, when you, say, when you talk about love or tell someone you love them, 
I mean, boy, that, those are powerful words. You know, we'd be careful if I use that word love. Um, but, but Paul lays out here, you know, just these characteristics of love, and they really are beautiful. Um, verse 4 and, and following, uh, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things and believes all things, hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never ends. You know, so you have this list here, and we think of our own marriages, perhaps, Gary, and we think, well, we've <laughs> we've blown it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> love is is patient and kind. You know, it doesn't insist on its own way. It's not resentful. It doesn't keep record of wrongs. Oh my goodness, we've blown it. You know, but you know, as you read this too, I think we also keep in mind the words of First John, where it talks about God is love, right? God is love. So he's the one who is the, the one who, who loves perfectly. We're not. So, you know, God forgive us when we fall short. And certainly in our marriages, those relationships, that's when forgiveness becomes so important. You know, we've been forgiven in Christ. You know, we're able to forgive one another too. You know, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those, especially our spouses <laughs> who might trespass against us. Right. Um, and then the very last verse in that chapter, I think is interesting. It says, uh, now faith Hope and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. I think that's kind of interesting. Now, it's not saying that faith and hope are unimportant. They certainly are. But when you think about it, uh, one day, one day when we're with the Lord, uh, faith and hope will be fulfilled. You know, we will see our Savior at the resurrection with our very own eyes. And really, when you think about that, you know, faith and hope won't really be necessary. They'll have their fulfillment then in Christ Jesus. Right. Uh, but for all eternity, even in God's presence, um, love remains, right? Love's eternal. After all, God is love. He's eternal. And certainly that that perfect love we'll have for one another uh, one day in his presence. So I, I think that helps us uh, have some understanding as to what that means. Yeah, that's, that's, so, that's so awesome to think about how that love will remain for eternity. Definitely. You know, Jesus' love in the flesh in many ways, love incarnate, and then that love we have for one another. Yeah, most certainly. Um, and then yeah, just in the little time we have left, Gary, uh, one of the biggest chapters of the bible i would say is first corinthians 15 is the we just we talked about the love chapter this is the resurrection chapter chapter 15 is the resurrection chapter and just really boy uh paul really hammers home i think how important the resurrection is jesus resurrection and our resurrection too so chapter 15 begin with verse 3 he says i deliver to you as a first importance so right this is the most important thing would I also receive that Christ died for our sins, in, in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance to the scriptures. And then what Paul does is he just lists all these different people who saw Jesus with their very own eyes. Uh, that was so very important for people to be an eyewitness of Jesus' resurrection to attest to the fact that Jesus really was risen from the dead. He kept that promise. He really is who he said he was, the Savior of the world. And so it's, it's so important, even, in fact, that uh, verses 17 and following, Paul writes this. He says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we in Christ have hope in this life only, we are to of all people most to be pitied. So Paul says, our faith is in vain if Jesus is still dead and in the ground. Um, he was a fraud. He was a liar. 
you know, why don't, don't even bother. Don't bother coming to church. Don't bother following Christ. Our faith is in vain. Uh, but then these beautiful words to verse 20. I love this. Paul writes, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So he affirms, no, you know, our faith would be in vain. But guess what? Christ has raised from the dead. No doubt about it. It's 100 percent certain. And he's the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. You know, he is he's the best of the resurrection, the first fruits. But also um, he's the first one to, to rise from the dead. You know, he's, he's never to die again. And so also we will be raised uh, by him never to die again, uh, all through faith in him. So beautiful resurrection chapter. It's a long one. I think it's 58 verses. So, you know, our listeners, if you have time, check that out. Uh, chapters 13 and, and 15, beautiful chapters of, of God's word. Would you like to lead us in a prayer as we wrap up this segment? Sure, I'd be happy to, Gary. Thanks. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for the many beautiful chapters that are contained in, in your holy scriptures. Uh, thank you for these, these chapters before us today in our readings. Uh, for the instruction when it comes to the Lord's Supper, and and also for the the words concerning uh, your definition of, of love, and also the importance of Christ's resurrection and the the certain hope of our resurrection as well. Lord, keep us steadfast in the faith and steadfast in the One who who lives uh, never to die again. Jesus, our risen Savior. In His name, Amen. Amen. What's our reading for next week? Glad you asked, Gary. So next week we are going to finish up 2 Corinthians. So I'll talk more about 2 Corinthians next week, um, chapters 5 through 13, and then get into Galatians, Galatians 1 and 2. And as our, as our listeners read Galatians, and we, we hope they do read along, be listening for what kind of mood Paul's in <laughs> as he writes the book of Galatians. Uh, is he happy? Is he sad? Is he angry? Uh, what kind of mood is Paul in as he, he writes to the people in Galatia? Sounds like a plan. Thanks for being on the program today. Yeah, thank you, Gary. And I look forward to talking to you next week. We are worldwide at KFUO.org. We are the messenger of good news.